The Education Apple, Episode 6, recorded on November 7, 2012. Welcome to the Education Apple. This is Bill Brazil, your host for the evening. And uh, this is the show that discusses Apple technology in the classroom, as well as how technology impacts our daily lives. So we will be discussing Apple technology in several different areas uh, today. And uh, with me, I have Tim Towns, professor and chair of the biochemistry and molecular genetics department at UAB. Glad to have you with us, Tim. We missed you the last few nights. Yeah, well, uh, thank you, Bill. I really enjoy uh, this uh, education app. I enjoy doing the podcast. I, I've just been out of town the last couple times. Yeah, so. I know you've been been busy with a lot of important things, so we appreciate when you can uh, break out of your schedule and join us. So um, it's good to, good to have you with us. Uh, we are missing our... Uh, Barrett, who is off on some other important business tonight, but he'll be back with us next time. But we did want to get together and just kind of uh, discuss some of the uh, events from the previous week related to Apple, and there have been several things going on. I think one of the the big things that uh, we can kick around a little bit is the shakeup that uh, Apple has made in their upper management uh, back at the end of October they announced some uh, executive management changes that uh, they say are going to encourage more collaboration between uh, the company's hardware, software, and services teams. And um, that, I guess, is kind of a kind way to announce that several of the guys they've had are being fired. And, of course, they would never say it that way. But um, Scott Forstall and uh, I forget the other guy that they – uh, let go. I think his name was John Browett. Uh, those two fellows are leaving the management team, and as a result, um, Johnny Ive and Bob Mansfield, Eddie Q, and Craig Federighi are uh, taking on more responsibilities to their roles. They've uh, been key players in what uh, has happened at Apple up to this time, and they are taking on more responsibilities. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, Johnny Ive, you probably are familiar with that name, uh, or if you're not, he is kind of the driving force, has been the driving force behind the uh, human interface, uh, uh, well, no, uh, behind the industrial design, kind of the designs of the the iPhone and the iPad and all of their uh, uh, laptops laptops and desktops, uh, you know, they, they have a pretty sleek design, and he's been the brains behind that, and now uh, they are adding the what they refer to as the human interface component, which is really how the applications look and feel and how the user interacts with, uh, say, your apps on your iPhone or your iPad, and uh, a lot of people are speculating that uh, that's going to, uh, he's going to change some of the look and feel of how those applications are today. So um, if he adds that uh, uh, sleek look and feel that he's done to the hardware, to the applications as well, it uh, might be kind of a, 
a, a nice and refreshing change. I don't know. Have you heard yeah. anything about that, Tim? Uh no, Billy, I, I haven't, but I was just thinking when you were talking, uh, that it's just an amazing and u- unique company to have, uh, software and the hardware development, uh, in the same place and an outstanding service, uh, group and to have had as few rough spots as they've had over the years yeah. is incredible. Yeah. And I remember when we were out there and talked to some of the software and hardware uh, guys, it, it's just amazing how well they interact. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure it's, like I said, amazing they haven't had any rough spots before, so it's not surprising that they'll make some changes. And I'm sure that um, that these changes will... will uh, spur them on to more innovation. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm sure that's what they're hoping for as well. That, uh, you know, Scott Forstall was the guy that was over the human interface area, mm-hmm. and he he's caught some flack um, uh, recently with the Siri and the maps and some of those things and, um, and just kind of how they've uh, come along. So I think he has taken the brunt of some of that, bad publicity and some of the bad uh, results uh, over the past few months as a, as a part of all that. But, um, you know, they have done well and hopefully yeah. this is going to, going to help even more. And yeah, I've always said that um, the, at one of Apple's strengths has been the fact that they've controlled both the hardware and yep. a lot of the software and now bringing this uh, even closer together uh, hopefully we'll we'll help that and uh time will tell as uh, new products come out and new yeah. new releases new versions so that'll be fun to see how that well, changes i'm sure too that those guys that are leaving have made lots of fabulous contributions so oh yeah uh, although it's 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 probably hard for the whole whole company but uh yeah. they've got a lot to be proud of oh sure sure another interesting thing that they had said about Scott Forstall was that he was he was uh, scheduled to leave next year and is going to serve as advisor to Tim Cook in the interim. And I think that's just kind of a kind way to say uh, they are keeping him off the market and don't want any of the competitors picking him up. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. I doubt if Tim's really going to be using him for a whole lot right now. And uh, Scott probably doesn't want to contribute a whole lot more at this point. But uh, <laughs> that's just the way uh, they kind of kind of like a, a college football coach that still has a year left on his contract, yeah, but exactly. is not going to be coached. So. Exactly. So, uh, and uh, another guy, Eddie Q, he's going to be taking on additional responsibility of Siri and Maps and uh, the actual um, uh, workings of those applications. I think he has overseen. A lot of major successes with uh, the iTunes Store and the App Store, the iBooks and iCloud. So he uh, is probably being looked at to really get those products uh, ironed out and the little bugs that are giving them problems right now uh, straightened right. out. So um, yeah, it's kind of nice if you are uh, thought of or looked to as being the uh, kind of the fixer of all the problems and hopefully he'll be able to come through again so right it's probably a fair amount of pressure on pressure i'm gonna say (laughs) there are a lot of eyes on yeah most definitely 
But uh, uh, he's come through in the past, and I guess he's used to it being there yep. at uh, at that company. So absolutely. And uh, then uh, Craig Federighi, he uh, he will lead both the iOS and the OSX developments, the operating systems. Uh, you know, right now. The iPhone and the iPad have a different operating system than the laptops and the desktops. And so uh, that will be interesting to see how all that plays out, too, because there's a lot of thought and there's been some indications that, um, you know, the, the OS on both or all of the products are kind of merging into one. And uh, I don't know how... Uh, exact that can be if they can really eventually come up with one operating system that um, uh, can run all of the platforms that kind of seems like it would be difficult but uh, it may not be so difficult if they put touchscreen on the uh, on the desktops and laptops (laughs) yeah well that's true and you know um, the new windows 8 version is is kind of going in that direction now too because um with the Surface, their new tablet that they're releasing, it runs a real similar uh, operating system as what you know is on the desktop as well. So um, that's kind of the approach they're taking. So uh, there have been rumors uh, that Apple is moving in that direction, and uh, they've got a code name, or supposedly the the rumor is the code name is AOS, which is Mm. Apple Operating System, and that's uh, supposedly been on the books internally since about 2009. So Mm -hmm. um, I imagine that would be easier on them if they could have one operating system that drove all of their devices and uh, yeah absolutely and if you could on their on laptop on mac air or on the desktop if um you could operate it by touching the screen and maybe a trackpad uh and it responded to both i i think that would really uh be helpful yeah yeah no i i agree too so maybe before too long that all will come together and we'll have uh something new to run all those devices but it'll yeah. be a it'll be emerging i'm sure of yep. what they've got today and then uh, finally the uh john browett who is the other person that uh, is being let go or relieved of their duties he's been over the retail uh, side of the house and he really hadn't been there very long i think he came from uh, a big box company out of Australia or somewhere. I forget exactly mm. what the detail there was. But um, that part, the retail team, is going to report directly to Tim Cook for the time being. So I imagine they'll try to bring in uh, another expert to handle all that before too right. long. But um, that those are the, the changes at the upper level of the management. So uh, we'll see how all that plays out. But that's pretty... Pretty interesting stuff to see how uh, they're having to shuffle things around a little bit to um, keep their lead and try to oh, keep yeah. up with the competition. So, But competition is good, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that that keeps us all up at night yep. <laughs> working hard. So, exactly. And I can imagine with that company, it's just uh, amplified incredibly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, every day is a, a new challenge of, of some right. sorts. So I also wanted to look at the uh, the new iPads a little bit. Uh, the, the Of course, the iPad Mini has yeah. just come out, as well as the uh, fourth generation of the iPad is how they're 
referring to it right now. And the uh, the new uh, big iPad, we <laughs> to call it iPad Mini and uh, big iPad, but the the larger iPad is um, the, the improvements are primarily on the CPU. I think uh, mm-hmm. they've introduced a uh, an A6 uh, processor that is similar to what's on the iPhone 5, but it's got additional graphics cores uh, in addition to the two CPU cores, and uh, they are ref- they are saying that it is. Um, uh, 10% faster than the iPhone 5, which iPhone 5 oh. is pretty fast, but yeah. it's it's over twice as fast as the iPad 2 and 3. So, wow. Um, when is that uh, due out? I'm, I believe it's the middle of the month is what I've seen. I haven't seen an actual uh, date, but other than the middle of November. So okay. it ought to yeah. be within the next week or so, I would guess. Gotcha. Um, and the iPad Mini is uh, it's already available, yeah. I believe. And uh, they had uh, I've got some numbers in a minute. We'll look at as far as the sales figures for the first weekend of that, and it seemed to be pretty pretty successful. Yeah, uh, I actually was just in the uh, Apple Store here maybe an hour ago, uh, and just to get a new trackpad and some earphones and uh so did I asked, you walk out of there with a new ipad mini no and i almost did <laughs> i figured you might tell you uh-huh. i got very close and and they said they have sold completely out of the of the 16 gig uh-huh. and now they've sold a lot uh, of the 32s i think the 16s are selling really fast and then the 32s a little bit more slowly and the 64s more slowly than that, but apparently they have have been moving a lot of them. So apparently, people, uh, you know, uh, many people that already have iPhones and iPads are picking up a 16 gig mini iPad. Yeah, so. maybe so. Well, that's the thing I, I I wonder about is is it really gonna be the type of device that if you have a regular iPad or a full size iPad that you're gonna want to go out and get one of these as well. I don't think you really get any additional functionality other than the fact that it's uh, easier to handle and smaller and more convenient from that standpoint. But, uh, uh, you know, you don't really get any other functionality. So uh, I'm sure they would like you to buy both. But I think in a lot of cases it's going to be an either-or proposition, at least for an individual. But then, you know, maybe the thing to do would be for mom and dad to have the, the big iPads and then... The kids have the minis, so you've got access to yeah. either device. But um, but I can also imagine. I was thinking about this uh, that that some uh, people might buy the mini to run Apple TV on their uh, TVs at home, uh, so you don't have to type things in. Yeah. Uh, so you can easily type things in with the remote app. Right. Um, Right. And so it's, uh, you know, these uh, fancy controllers are probably about the same price. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, well, that's uh, an idea I hadn't thought of. You could control your you know, your Apple TV with that device if you wanted to. Yeah, and, and then uh, it would just stay in the in the room there. So, um, so you would think. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's yeah, the, a good point. That would be the idea. <laughs> Probably unless you you nailed it down, I would doubt <coughs> it would stay there all the time. But uh, yeah, I might have to think about that. That's a good yeah, suggestion. that's why I almost bought it uh, in there tonight, and I would have bought it because except they didn't have any sixteens there, and I thought, well, I don't want to buy the thirty two just to run the TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I may still do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good uh, Christmas idea anyway, yeah. if anybody needs one. Um, so what did you think about the the size of the the text? And, I mean, is, yeah. it, is it still pretty easy oh, to read yeah. for us old yeah. folks? And when I... Uh, when I first picked it up tonight, so that's the first time I've held it and, and looked at it, and I had it in the, the way it was displayed, it was vertical when I picked it up, and then I got an app, uh, I opened the, the email app, I guess, and, and the keyboard was really a lot smaller, and then I realized, gosh, I've got the thing in a vertical mode, and I flipped it over horizontal, it was just perfect. Really? Just, yeah, just exactly like typing on a regular iPad. Uh-huh. So that's, uh, and I'm actually glad I picked it up in the vertical position at first because I thought, gosh, I don't know if this is going to work very well. <laughs> and then <laughs> flipped it around, it was, yeah. it was perfect. So Neat. Well, okay. Well, the other thing that uh, I thought was interesting to point out was that, um, the Microsoft Surface, I think they're calling it the Tegra 3, uh, that the processor in the iPad is uh, four to six times faster than what's in the new Surface, and it's uh, twice yep. as fast as what is in the Google's Nexus 10. So um, wow. they are still struggling, I guess, with uh, processor speeds and uh, battery power and all that, because I would... I would think they'd like to try to keep up with the competition, but um, I did hear where somebody talking about the Surface that it was a little bit sluggish in terms of response times and uh, just interaction with it. So, um, you know, that may be part of the reason. So anyway, um, just kind of talking about the the iPad, the two versions or two sizes of the iPads, and then also the the Microsoft Surface as well as Google's Nexus 10. Um, you, know, you think there might be a lot of uh, head-to-head competition there, and uh, there may be, but I have seen a few uh, comments, a few different people that say there's really the Surface and the iPads are not necessarily uh, head-to-head competition. Now, they, of course, they are uh, tablet-type devices, but the uh, the surface has some features that the iPad uh, doesn't have and kind of vice versa but uh, mm-hmm. the surface I think has the ability to uh, work with USB peripherals and mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, kind of mandatory to have a external keyboard apparently with the surface or that's uh, makes it a lot more usable wow. so it's um, it's a little bit more like a PC than Apple's tablet, from what I've I've heard. I haven't actually got my hands on one yet, but um, I'm looking forward to getting a hold of one and playing with it a little bit to do my own analysis. But uh, there does seem to be some room for uh, both devices, and uh, I think the Surface is also going to be 
really heavily geared towards the uh, business market uh, to you know integrate with their current Windows applications and uh, I believe the uh, Microsoft Office suite comes mm-hmm. on the surface. So yeah, and that that is an advantage. Um, yeah, yeah. Having all that on there, however, speed ultimately wins. So. Yeah, that, that'll have an impact, and yeah. I'm sure they're going to try to beef up that uh, processor speed in the surface as fast as they can. But uh, right. just to get it out to market, they apparently had to make some sacrifices and cut a few corners uh, to do that. But yeah, anyway, and then uh, the other thing we mentioned a minute ago was. Um, the availability of the the new iPad and iPad Mini, and the first uh, weekend they set a uh, weekend record apparently uh, for selling the iPads, and they didn't give a breakout of how many iPad Minis versus how many regular iPads they sold, but um, they said they were. Uh, Tim Cook said that uh, they sold about three million iPad. Wow. Uh, mini and fourth generation iPads in just three days. God, uh, that's <laughs> so that's a pretty good start. <clears throat> that's a good start to uh, getting those new devices off the ground. And of course, with the holidays coming up, I think they're oh, going to yes. have a big quarter with uh, those those items to sell. So that's amazing. Yeah, it really is. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about a new uh, iOS app that uh, kind of stumbled across just recently. I think Google just uh, released this um, uh, in the last week or so. Maybe they've upgraded their uh, advanced voice search uh, recognition, their voice recognition for searching Google's websites, and it's uh, available on the uh, on the iOS devices. And I got a hold of it and have played around a little bit with it since uh, we have talked about uh, the voice uh, capabilities of Siri in some of our previous podcasts and how that just adds a great deal of functionality to uh, the iPhone and the iPad and what you can do with it. And I think uh, I know I'm using it, using Siri a whole lot more. And uh, Barrett has said he has, and I bet you have as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it especially helps when you're you're driving. driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, but but Google has a um, a similar some similar capabilities in terms of uh, doing Google searches, and it it can't interact with the iPhone and iPad quite as much as Siri can because you can't use it to uh, launch applications or add calendar entries or or text uh, messages or any of that type of thing but there is a good a good number of things you can do just with web searches and I was going to start it up here and just kind of give you a couple of uh, examples of what can be done it's very um, very responsive and it's definitely a different technology than Siri is because as you speak to it it's got a got a little microphone that you click and you start speaking to it and as with Siri it you speak to it and it kicks off a uh, uh some sort of interaction with Siri servers out in nowhere or out in the yeah. cloud somewhere <laughs> you don't know where it is 
Uh, and then it comes back to you and it shows you what you had just said and then performs the operation. But with uh, the Google search, uh, voice search capability, you actually talk <clears throat> as you talk. It displays the words straight uh, straight away on the screen so you can see what you're saying almost instantaneously. And then when you finish, it goes off and performs the search function and gives you a result. So it is a little bit different. And I was going to, I got a couple of examples here. We're going to try and see. So you think it's searching before you've even finished your. Well, it, it's, it's actually capturing the uh, audio and converting it to text. Yeah. Uh, instantaneously. And then when you're done and you hear the little beeps then I think it sends it off to do the uh, oh, okay. the search. So I think what's happening, just on the surface anyway, it seems like it's performing the voice recognition piece right on your iPhone locally. Yes. Whereas Siri, I think, sends that out. Oh, I see. Uh, to the, the, the Siri servers out in the cloud somewhere. Yes. Uh, and I got then you. interprets it that way. So it, it's definitely a difference from a response standpoint. Mm -hmm. And... Um, how you interact with it. So let me do, here's uh, the first example. Uh, is United Airlines Flight 318 on time? United Airlines 318 from Fort Lauderdale to Newark is canceled and departs in 11 hours, 18 minutes. So that is incredible that, speed. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? That's uh, that pretty is. impressive stuff. It doesn't always return a uh, voice response, but when they're um, short and quick replies, uh, like the status and departure time of your flight, Google tells you the answer aloud. So uh, in some cases, it will read it right back to you aloud, and then in other cases, it will just uh, provide you what you're normally used to in terms of a uh, Google search response. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So here's another one. Show me some pictures of Yankee Stadium. Here's a map of Yankee Stadium, 1E 161st Street, Bronx. Wow. I cannot believe it's that fast. <laughs> I know it. So it gives a, a map and then a bunch of uh, pictures. And then here's another one that's kind of interesting. And in this example, it actually does kick off uh, somewhat of another application to uh, play some video. So it goes to, um, well, you'll see, you'll, you'll hear it working anyway, but it kicks off a video, opens up YouTube, and plays the video. Play me a trailer of the upcoming James Bond movie. Okay, so it's going out, searching for that trailer, and it opens up YouTube, kicks off the uh, video, and then you will start to hear a little bit of audio. Man. Country. England. Gun. Shot. <laughs> of course, I could, I could watch this uh, for the rest of the trailer, but I better not. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm kind of uh, looking forward to the new James Bond. I'm a James yeah, Bond fan, so I am too. Might have to sneak away and uh, see if I can uh, catch that one. So let me go back. I got a couple of other examples. What time is it? The 
time is 7.54 p.m. God, so fast. When does daylight savings time end? Daylight saving time United States began Sunday, March 11, 2012 at 2 a.m. and ended Sunday, November 4, 2012 at 2 a.m. And let's see, one last one here I'll do. Who is in the cast of The Office? Here is the cast of The Office. And in that case, it just uh, gives you your your normal Google search response, shows you pictures of who's in the cast and information about it. So Amazing. It really is, and it's uh, it seems like it's got a lot of potential. Of course, right now it's pretty powerful, but... I would expect they're going to continue to expand on what they can do with it and um, give Siri a run for its money. So it's yep. just another another case of good competition for uh, for our products to uh, improve upon themselves. So oh, that is great. Yeah, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that and see how things change. But um, if uh, if you haven't found it, just uh, go to the App Store from your iPhone or your iPad, and it's uh, just the Google search application. And they've had the uh, the voice recognition in it for a while, but I think this is a big improvement that they've um, they've made to it. So Great. Well, I'm going to get it right after we finish this. <laughs> I figured you would. <laughs> I can't wait. I figured you would. So, um, Okay, well, let's kind of move on now to... Um, some applications and our app and Twitter picks. And uh, I got a couple things I was going to share tonight. Um, I was, uh, this is a, an app that I've used uh, for a long time now. And it, I saw an article in the, the Wall Street Journal today. And it kind of made me think, well, this will be a good one to kind of talk about on our podcast because I don't think we've covered it. Uh, it's a pretty popular, fairly well-known application uh, called Evernote. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a, uh, uh, in the article today, the, I was reading the, the company's CEO, Phil Libin, talks about it as a uh, an app that's uh, like an external brain that lets users collect notes, lists, clippings, and other electronic data in a single digital hub. So it's a great place to kind of aggregate a lot of uh, just different information or if you're researching, I know I use it a lot for for gathering uh, web information or a lot of research information and just dump it into uh, the Evernote application. And uh, one of the real powerful things about it is that it's extremely easy to, to do that, to just uh, dump information straight into it that's got they've got a lot of different uh, helper applications um, that you can add to uh, your web browser uh, I think they've got something they call their uh, Evernote uh, clipper uh, and then a lot of other little tools you can email straight into it if you're in a uh, application that all you can do is email out to other people or whatever uh, part of Signing up and getting an Evernote uh, account is that they give you your own Evernote email, which you really wouldn't use it for anything other than sending things straight into your uh, account for cataloging and adding in uh, that information into your uh, Evernote uh, uh, application. So 
Uh, it's extremely powerful for doing that, for gathering all kinds of information together, and they've got a lot of other little uh, add-ons and, and other components that can make it um, very useful. So uh, have you used Evernote? Yeah, you know, Billy, I haven't, but I uh, heard you mention it one time previously, and I didn't really understand how it works. And now I, from what we discussed uh, a couple days ago, I, I realize now that that they have their own cloud, they have their own servers, and uh, the information that you upload then is available on all your all of your devices, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, it's and a, it's that a is so powerful. And then I mentioned it to my wife Peggy the other night, and she said our next door neighbor uses it for even just for organizing all of her pictures. Yeah, and lots of of uh, family and business mm-hmm. applications. So I have got. I'm, that's another thing I'm going to get after we hang up. Yeah. And start getting used to that because a lot of times that when I go to some scientific meetings, I uh, have started taking my notes, uh, taking notes sometimes by typing, but other times by writing on my iPad. But then I email them to myself uh, and then I have them in my email, but I still have to search for them. Yeah. If I had them in a folder all under, you know, this meeting in San Francisco or whatever, uh, then I could find them much more easily. So, right. right. Yeah. And, and one of the real strengths of the application is its search capabilities and being able to um, reference words throughout uh, all your documents. And in fact, in the uh, they've got a free version uh, which is pretty powerful in and of itself, but there's also a pay option that uh, is $45 a year that uh, they give you a lot of other additional features. And one of those is being able to search on PDF, you know, words in PDF files that will index and automatically categorize all of the words in PDF uh, documents as well as, oh. and this is pretty impressive, uh, written text. So if you take written notes in a application like Notability or some right. other handwriting uh, application and you uh, store it in Evernote, it will automatically uh, index <laughs> as long as it can interpret your yeah, you're right. your, your chicken scratch. <laughs> but it, right. as long as it's pretty legible, it will actually read that uh, those words and and categorize them, catalog them in their indexes, and you can search on written text. So that's pretty impressive. Um, But I'm sorry, Billy, I didn't quite understand that. So Evernote is not a note-taking application. Well, it it can be. Uh, You can open a note and just start typing directly in it. Uh, But you can't handwrite. It doesn't. Right now, it does not have handwriting integrated directly into it. But they have purchased recently one of the, I can't remember which one it is, but it is a, uh, I believe it's a handwriting uh, type app that the suggestion would be that they would incorporate that at some point in time. I see. So you could do that as well. But, but, but right now you kind of combine Notability. If you were going to take handwritten notes on your iPad, you'd do that in Notability. Yeah. And then you would, uh, tra- how would you transfer that to Evernote? 
Well, that would be the a situation where you would actually um, email, it email it into your Evernote email email address. account. Gotcha. Yeah. And then it will automatically, as soon as you email it there, it automatically pulls it in and puts it in your default um, uh, folder that exactly. you, you tell it where you want those to be dropped in when you email. So, um, but there's a lot of flexibility. It's very open. You can create. Um, different folders and subfolders. You can uh, create tags, and you know the sky's the limit in how you want to organize everything. Exactly. And yeah. so it is pretty uh, uh, useful and effective for that. And I would think for your your research uh, needs yes. that that would be a really a good tool for you. Well, that's um, perfect. I, I'm definitely going to get that. And and I think. Peggy mentioned that our next door neighbor does paid the forty five dollars and said it was well well worth it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the year. So. Yeah, you also get along with that you get um, uh, what they call supersized uploads, which gives you the more upload uh, size and and speeds. Uh, it has faster image recognition. Oh. Um, and then there's some collaboration capabilities built into it if you want to share. Uh, with other people and uh you know have some shared folders so um it there is a lot of a lot of great functionality in that uh, paid option as well yeah so, um, fantastic. check it check it out and they've they've got a uh, new release coming out pretty soon evernote 5 is what they're referring to it as and uh, it's supposed to have over 100 new features uh, in wow. addition to what they have today so if you want a list of all those, check out their website. They've got a, a page up that uh, discusses that new version, but it's not available yet. And I'm not exactly sure when they're going to uh, turn it up for general release. But right. but if you pay the $45 for the uh, year, is that a kind of a free upgrade, or will that maybe cost $65 a year? I would I would think it would be the same, 45 so, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. A couple of other things I thought were interesting from the uh, article gave a few statistics. They said that uh, in five years' time, that's how long Evernote's been available, that uh, they've uh, grown their users to 41 million. Wow. (laughs) They've got a pretty significant user base. And uh, it's still a private company, but they have um, been uh, valued at about a billion dollars. Unbelievable. they had a $70 million round of venture funding, uh, I guess, in the spring. So, um, <laughs> And they're not even not even profitable yet, but Isn't somebody that? feels like they've got a lot of uh, potential there. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so, when you can get 41 million people to sign up uh, with your company to be contacted, yeah. that's powerful. Yeah, that's yeah. impressive, no doubt. Uh, and, and one other thing I thought was... Uh, was very uh, inviting, and that is that the company offers unlimited vacations and um, and a thousand dollars of spending money when you take a real vacation trip and uh, they encourage their employees to take at least one trip with their families each year so uh wow they've got a nice little uh perk there as far as their uh their vacation offers um but I'm sure you got to produce a little bit before you decide yes. <laughs> to uh, take a few days off here and there. But uh, That's great. that sounds like a pretty pretty inviting environment to it be in. Does. So, um, and then um, 
The Twitter pick I was going to mention this week is uh, called Ed Surge, E-D-S-U-R-G-E. And it's uh, it's a company that, uh, or I don't know if it's a company, but it's a, a group that uh, refers to themselves in it as an independent information resource and a com- community for everyone involved in education technology. Uh, so they uh, aim to they aim to help educators discover the best products and how to use them, and to inspire developers to build what educators and learners need. So wow, that's they, cool. uh, it's it's a good uh, good resource for uh, technology and education. And of course, there's a lot of that going on these days, and that's kind of what we uh, are focused on um, with our uh, our podcast here. So. Ed Surge may may want to check that out yeah. if you're not familiar with them and uh, see what they they tweet about from time to time. Definitely, definitely, yeah. that's a good find, Billy. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that was what I had. I don't know, Tim, if you had anything to add to that or. Um, yeah, I'm I'm sorry, Bill. I didn't. Uh, that's fine. Really find anything I've, I've just been learning a lot from you tonight yeah well good yeah <laughs> as you got, always you got a but, lot of uh, homework to do now and now that you're uh, right we're about to close things down so you got a lot of fun things to uh try out and you might even have enough time to head back to the apple store and get that apple that's right uh, ipad <laughs> mini <laughs> oh man so. i really actually think that's going to be a great application to control your apple tv with it yeah. there's nothing worse than typing with that clicker. Yeah, that's true. Well, and you know, you know, you can do that with your iPhone, iPhone right now. And I, I, know. I don't oh, want to spoil your fun. No, <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice for it to be a little bit um, bigger. That's right. And of course, you could then get it, uh, get your iPad out and do it with that. But I'm saying uh, that if you left it like the remote on the table. Yeah. That's ultimately the most convenient, but I realize that's very much of, uh, uh, non-essential, but still. Well, how about this? How about if you, you actually embedded it into the wall right next to your yes. easy chair? See, that there way it just uh, would be right there for you. It'll always be there. <laughs> I, I'm rather... We have to think about that. <laughs> I, th- I think what needs to happen is you need to go get one before the weekend, and then I'll come over and we can play with it. Together. We can play with it. Absolutely. <laughs> Figure out what's uh, what's the best way to to set it up, and then uh, then maybe you can build a model. We can build a model. Yeah. Well, so. we could definitely we could we could uh, create a new app that Absolutely. would uh, handle that. I'm sure. A few of those kind of things will be show, showing up pretty soon if they're not already available. But uh, yeah. anyway, so um, I think with that, we will wrap it up for uh, this episode. And uh, Tim, thank you for your input. Appreciate you joining us tonight. Yeah, it was and, very uh, enjoyable. Thank you, Bill. You're welcome. And everybody out there listening to us, thanks for joining us. And as always, uh, feel free to mention it to your family and friends and maybe we'll pick up a few more listeners um but uh again thank you for listening and we will check you out next time on our podcast